You're listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, music, and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad that you could join us today. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. Welcome, everybody, to the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda, and this week's episode is for Wednesday, November 1st, 2023. Uh, This week's episode is going to have a very unique format in that I'm going to be dividing it into sections because there are multiple topics of conversation that I want to go over this week. My wife, Allison, is going to be joining me for one of the segments. The other ones will be just uh, me talking about important things pertaining to the show and, and conversation topics that occurred this past week that I think will be very interesting. So uh, first and foremost, I want to go ahead and just let everyone know, in case you don't already know, the Casting for Fun podcast is now available on YouTube. So if you like to stream your podcast on YouTube, you're more than welcome to do so. You can find me at my YouTube channel, which is at Albert25. Uh, previously, I had used uh, YouTube really just for school projects, uh, like you know, videos that I had to do for various classes that I've taken over the years, and also for uploading uh, concert footage uh, from concerts that I've attended, such as you know, 311 and Incubus, uh, shows like that. But, but yeah, I'm going to be using YouTube uh, as a platform to distribute the podcast. So you can actually have just a little bit of a visual, but it's mostly just the audio of a Every single episode, every single episode that I've done to this point will be available on YouTube. I hope I don't run into any problems, though. So far, so good. But there could be some issues and problems when with me using licensed music that I don't have the authorization or permission to do so. In fact, there may be even issues and problems with this particular episode because there's going to be quite a few. But uh, neither here nor there. So, yeah, check me out on YouTube if you feel so inclined or you can continue to stream me on your streaming podcast app of your choice, whichever works best for you. But thank you again for my listeners, for the love and support. And uh, I'm going to be touching on the passing of uh, Matthew Perry, which occurred this past weekend on the 28th, this past uh, Saturday. Uh, the 28th of October, uh, as we've you know listened from a previous episode, my wife Allison is a huge fan of the NBC sitcom Friends. So the passing of one of the six actors would for her be a huge deal. So Allison's going to be joining me to talking about the passing of uh, Matthew Perry and to pay honor and tribute to him. And then uh, last but not least, this past 27th, October 27th on Friday, Two of my favorite new wave bands, Duran Duran and Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, better known as OMD, released new, brand new studio albums on the same day, which is crazy to think that in the year 2023, both of these uh, new wave bands who had their heyday back in the 80s uh, are releasing new music. And both of them are really good, especially Duran Duran's album. So I'm going to be talking about that as well uh, on the Casting for Fun podcast. Okay, so before I get to all of that, uh, I do want to take the time, take some time to talk about the 100th episode, which is going to be a live stream episode. I'm going to take just a short break and then I'm going to come back and discuss what I have planned for the 100th episode of the Casting for Fun podcast, which is going to be coming up very, very soon. So welcome back, everybody, to the show. Uh, for this segment, I want to discuss what I have planned for the 100th episode of the show, which is coming up very soon, as this particular episode is episode 95 of the show. So if you remember, back on the 80th episode of the show, uh, which was the episode that I did uh, a 
celebrating the 20th anniversary of Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, I first announced back then that I was planning to do a live stream episode for the 100th episode in order to commemorate and celebrate that milestone of hitting 100th episodes of a podcast. And that's still the plan. So I'm planning tentatively. It's going to depend on uh, availability of uh, guests, anybody who would like to participate, friends, family. I'm tentatively planning to do a live stream on Monday night, December 11th, or Tuesday night, December 12th. It's going to depend on uh, uh, guest interest and availability when people are able to do so. Because again, everybody who's listening, everybody who follows me on social media, you are more than welcome to participate in the 100th episode uh, live stream. So basically, what I wanted to do for a conversation topic is talk about my favorite aspects of entertainment for the year previous uh, again, that's usually what I do at the end of every year. Talk about my favorite movie, my favorite streaming show, my favorite uh, music album, uh, favorite moment in sports, favorite books. If I got around to reading any books that year and uh, so far this year, I haven't read many, but uh, I plan to rectify that uh, very soon. So I'll have some maybe some books to talk about or, or anything else cool, or interesting that happened during the calendar year of 2023. So I'd love to share with you my picks, but also hear from my audience what you guys are interested in as far as entertainment goes for 2023 so uh and then along with that i I was also even thinking of doing like a reddit style ama which stands for uh, ask me anything so if you want to come on the live stream and ask me a question anything at all that'd be great or if you want to just talk about whatever you want come on say hi wish me happy 100th anniversary or 100th episode of the show uh, anything like that would be great or if you want to even just watch the live stream not actually participate you are more than welcome to do that so what i have planned is i'll send out uh the link for the the zoom link uh the night of uh when i'm planning to do the live stream of the episode and I'm going to shut off everyone's cameras and microphones. So basically, you're just going to be watching myself and Allison talk uh, during the live stream. And then how it would work from there is for those who wish to participate, I would allow you access to the room. So you can go ahead and share your thoughts as to what was your favorite aspect of entertainment. Ask me any question at all that you like or just talk about anything at all. And we'll just go as long as we need to, as long as there's interest in people wanting to participate in the 100th episode live stream, that would be awesome and great. Uh, I hope there is interest <laughs> because again, I want to do something cool for the 100th episode, but if it turns out to be a bus and uh, then I'll probably never do another live stream again, but I, I have a feeling that this will be cool. This will be really cool and fun. And I am hopeful that uh, some of my regulars will be interested in participating in the live stream to talk about their favorite aspects of entertainment or anything at all that interests them. So stay tuned for more details. Again, I don't have a firm set date just yet. I'm tentatively planning, as I mentioned before, for either Monday night, December 11th, or Tuesday night, December 12th, uh, shortly after 8 p.m., like between 8 and 8.30, depending on what time we get the kids to sleep. That's a specific standard time, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so look, look for notifications on social media or reach out to me if you are interested and would like to be specifically invited to the, the live stream. Because again, it's an open invitation. Anyone at all who's hearing this, listening to this, follows me on social media, follows the podcast, you are more than welcome to join me on this live stream whenever it occurs. So thank you again for the listeners. I'm, I'm excited that I'm getting really, really close to episode 100. And I'm planning to keep it on going past 100 episodes as well. So that's going to be really cool. Okay, so let me take another quick break. And then when I come back, my wife, Allison, will join me. And we're going to pay tribute to the recently passed departed uh, Matthew Perry and talk about Allison's love of the show, friends.
So it's always wonderful to have Allison on the show with me to, to talk about things that we love. But uh, obviously right now it's not necessarily the, the most best of circumstances, right? Considering what, why we're talking about, uh, uh, why we're talking about Matthew Perry. Yeah. I mean, I'm always grateful to be here and to be a part of your podcast, but it is a bummer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, I saw the news uh, Saturday evening, just flipping through social media. Uh, we were at our church's Halloween party, and obviously you were very, very busy with uh, hosting the party and making sure everything was running smoothly. So I saw the news on flipping through social media, and I was thinking, oh, my goodness, I wonder if Allison's seen this. I didn't want to say anything because, again, you had so much on your plate, on your mind, and so much on your plate to deal with. But I guess you had seen it, right? Um, somebody told me about it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. When? During the party. Oh, during the party. Oh, okay. So we would have found out about the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so anyway, so a little segment that I wanted to do for the show was to actually pay uh, reverence and respect and honor uh, uh, Matthew Perry for, for the, the wonderful actor he was, comedic actor, and how much he, his role as Chandler Bing meant to the people who love the Friends TV show. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so a couple interesting facts that i looked up here that i think would be pretty cool i don't know if some of you know some of these things too uh he was born on august 19 1969 in williamstown uh massachusetts but he his parents split up when they were he was really little maybe like a year old and he ended up growing up in canada in ottawa so has had dual citizenship was a canadian citizen and a u.s citizen uh he was actually you know, he had aspirations of being a professional tennis player before he broke into acting did you know that no oh really oh cool oh very cool yeah so so apparently he was a, a junior champion or a junior uh uh tennis competitor in canada and was actually a top-ranked junior player is the words i'm looking for but he ended up moving to la to live with his biological dad when he was 15 and the competition to play tennis was much stronger here so i'm wondering i don't know maybe in canada they're not quite as good as americans (laughs) (laughs) so so i mean had he stayed in canada maybe he could have actually had a, a a more prolific uh, tennis career, but it is kind of interesting to learn that, that he had aspirations to actually play tennis professionally. But as it turned out, uh, acting was his uh, calling in life. You know, his dad was an actor. So I guess it kind of ran in the family in that regard. And he did a lot of uh, uh, improvisational comedy classes in Sherman Oaks while he was in high school. So I, it's interesting to learn that a lot of comedic actors kind of do those improv classes to kind of learn how to do comedy on the spot. Like I, I've learned that from the the Office Ladies podcast with uh, uh, Pam and Angela, mm-hmm. the the two actors actresses who play them, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kingsley, they talked about that. That Steve Carell, a bunch of other Office cast members, all went through improv classes, and uh, uh, Matthew Perry was no exception. So that awesome. was kind of that was pretty cool. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously he got his breakthrough role. He got the, the role of Chandler Bing for the show, which actually was going to be called Six for One mm-hmm. before it actually officially got his friend style. Did you know that? Yeah. That oh, oh, OK, <laughs> very cool. So so he was cast and he was the youngest of the six cast members. But he was only 24 when he was cast. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, he had his lines memorized. So for by all accounts, what I've read online is that he nailed his audition. Like he was basically perfect for the role. I think his uh, background in improvisation probably helped him to kind of have that sarcastic style of humor that, that Chandler was really known for. So it was kind of cool just to see his career grow and develop. Again, I wasn't a fan of Friends. I wasn't watching it during the 90s. I was familiar with some of his movies that he had done. Like he did... Uh, during that same time frame, you know, Fools Rush In with Selma Hayek, 
uh, Almost Heroes with uh, uh, Chris Farley after Chris Farley had passed away. So that was kind of a, a cool movie. And that one I had seen. That's the only one of his movies that I had seen before. I don't think I've ever seen that. We should watch it. It's it's, it's dumb, but it's kind of funny. Yeah, we should watch <laughs> Fool's Russian again. That one's cute. Oh, Fool's Russian, I've never seen. But uh, What? You've never seen it? No, no, it's a romantic comedy. And in the 90s, I wasn't dating anybody. So I had, I had to have no reason to watch it. You still haven't, though, ever seen it? No, I've never seen it. Oh, we're watching that. Okay, there you go. It's cute. And then uh, the whole nine yards and the whole ten yards. And there's have an issue. No, I haven't seen those. Oh, either. sorry. Carry on. Okay, those, those are so good. Those are good too. Yeah, okay, sorry, carry on. Okay. Well, interesting <laughs> fact about those two movies is that uh, he those those movies also star Bruce Willis, and it was actually during those those movies, the filming of the the first one in particular, the whole nine yards, that uh, Matthew Perry developed a friendship with Bruce Willis, which actually led to Bruce Willis being uh, having a guest appearance on the show, which was pretty cool. Did you hear how that went about? Uh, it was a bet, right? Yeah. yeah. What was the bet? Uh, I think about how much the movie would make. Oh. And if okay. it made that much, then he owed them a guest appearance on Friends, and he had to do it for free, which he ended up donating his uh, payment to a charity. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So I wanted to ask you, sweetheart, since you're the biggest Friends fan that I know, uh, what did the Chandler Bean character mean to you, and what was his role with the, the Six Friends? Oh, that's interesting. You know, I mean, this sounds so dumb. I never thought I'd be this person, but I'm like really struggling with his loss, like his death, which seems so stupid. I didn't know the guy. I only saw him on TV. Like it's dumb. Like I feel like a silly fan for saying that, but honestly, it's really bothered me. Like I feel like friends um, and each of those those characters were a part of my growing up and a part of my like early adulthood. And even now, like I'm always watching Friends on rerun. Like if I ever need a show to watch or if I'm ever like, I just really need a good laugh, it's Friends. And so um, I'm, I feel like my whole adult life has been watching, re- watching and rewatching the episodes. And so I feel like Chandler Bing and Matthew Perry, of course, has been a part of my life. It's weird. Like I feel like sad like a loss is that pathetic or what no not at all not at all i mean you know it's it's we 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 grow attached to these shows they're they're entertaining they're fun uh like you mentioned i mean that's a huge part of your life at the time watching those shows so uh obviously in a, in a way i mean like you said you mentioned you've never met him before but in a way i guess maybe you feel like you did know who he was or at least who the chandler Bean character was right right or that he knew you right so that's the thing. Like, it feels so sad. Like, I'm afraid to watch the show now because I'm like, now it's going to be different. It'll never be the same watching it again. I'll always be sad that he's gone. Mm-hmm. But um, so I think that's an interesting part is like Chandler being in all of Friends characters or I didn't realize till, till Matthew Perry passed away or like a part of my life. It feels like um, at least a part of my growing up. So um, I think Chandler's character, I think, is relatable because he's pretty nerdy. He's um, pretty insecure And, you know, we all want to be like the Joey character where we're like, yeah, whatever, I got it all together. But really deep down inside, I think more of us are more like Chandler and and we don't have anything together. And we're all just trying to just survive and fake it through. Right. And I think he did that with a lot of humor. So I think that taught people that that humor can help you get through really hard times um, and help you be comfortable in scenarios you're not necessarily comfortable and so I think he's a really relatable character in fact out of all of the ones on the show as far as especially the guys I think he's the most relatable because he's just kind of fumbling through and the rest of us are too 
Oh, it's interesting to me that you would say that because you look at the show and it's kind of the, the inside running joke is that we don't know what Chandler does for work. Right. right. But uh, but it seems to me that he's the most successful one, like as far as like, you know, financial success. Yeah. Whereas, you know, uh, Rachel was hardcore struggling, had to take the job at the coffee shop. Monica went through so many jobs. Right. Yeah. As well. Uh, it, it seemed like Phoebe always had had some money, I guess, even though she, she was just playing her guitar. Right. <laughs> yeah. She was struggling, too, because yeah. remember there was an episode where they didn't have money and everyone else wanted to buy dinner that was fancy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then, and then of course, uh, uh, Joey struggled. I mean, well, I mean, he was making money from his uh, soap opera for mm-hmm. Drake Ramore. Right. Mm-hmm. Good job. OK, thank you. Thank you. But he was struggling for work and sometimes he didn't know if he was going to get more jobs. So I guess the, the two characters who were the best financially off would have been Chandler and Ross but uh yeah you mentioned it's it's interesting that you know he has his financial stability but uh emotional stability he was like way off there too so Mm -hmm. it's kind of i guess relatable in that sense Mm -hmm. that yes if you even if you are financially secure it doesn't mean that you're secure in your life right yep very cool did you have a favorite uh chandler centric episode or storyline from the show I have several. Can I share several? Share them all. Go okay, for it. Yeah. Hold on. I took notes because I didn't want to forget any of them. Okay. Well, if you remember the last time that we were together, I, this is probably one of the ones you're going to mention it would be the whole uh, uh, surrogacy process that uh, Monica and Chandler went through, right? Mm-hmm. Because obviously that could hits, com- hits close to home for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what else did you have in mind? Okay. I, I mean, this is just like funny things that they said, but um, do you remember the episode where Ross is trying to get the couch up the stairs? the pivot yeah, comment yeah. and he says pivot 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 and do you remember what Chandler says no I don't I don't he says shut up shut up shut <laughs> up <laughs> and just like says it in like a Chandler way where it's like shut up shut up it's so funny <laughs> and that part I mean even like today makes me laugh thinking about that part so that's one of my favorite lines and then I love the one where he's in a box do you remember that one no, I don't remember that one either. Oh my gosh, okay. I failed you. We are watching all of these over again when I get the courage to face Chandler. Again. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, Um. so remember he was after Kathy, which was Joey's girlfriend, and he kissed Kathy and was after her. Oh yeah, yeah. And so Joey uh-huh. was so upset that he put him in a box uh-huh. and he could only put one little finger through. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, had to, he couldn't say a word to Kathy mm-hmm. when she came to say goodbye to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just such a stupid thing, but it was really sweet to me that he did that for Joey to save their friendship. So when he was in a box is another one of my favorites. No, oh, very cool. And then do you remember the one? I don't remember this girl's name. I have to look it up real quick. The one where he was in the ATM vestibule. Oh, with Jill Goodacre. Do you remember that? No, I don't think I remember that. And one. he got on the phone with Joey and he didn't want to say that I'm like have the, the model hear him say it. So oh. he's like, I'm on. I'm stuck in an ATM festival with Jim Gallagher. And he's trying to say it like all that. Like mm-hmm. I didn't do the justice that he does, but when he's trying to do it like that and he's like saying it 14,000 times and then he gets on with Joey and Joey's like, oh, he's on it. Like he, Joey just understood him. Mm-hmm. But that part was funny. And then he says, um, she offers him gum. Do you remember this? He, she offers him gum and he says, gum would be perfection. And then he <laughs> makes fun of himself for saying it's perfection. <laughs> that one's funny. Okay, wait. And then, um, oh, oh, the one where he goes to Yemen. Do you remember that? Uh, no, I don't think I remember that oh, one either. Oh, babe, you're okay. failing me I'm here. sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, although if you did this for Star Wars, I would fail. So I guess it goes both ways. Okay. <laughs> but he is trying to break up with um, Janice again. Okay, yeah. And like they've been off and on, off and on. And he tries to break up with her. And he says, I can't be with you because I'm moving to Yemen. 
And so then she's like, I'm going to come say goodbye to you. And so she takes him to the airport and he has to purchase a ticket for real. <laughs> and it's $2,100 for a ticket to Yemen. Mm-hmm. And so he buys this ticket thinking he just won't really go, but she follows him all the way to the gate. This is when you could go to the gate, right? Mm-hmm. So then he, he actually has to like get on the plane and he's like, I guess I'm going to Yemen. <laughs> and so he, he like legit gets on this plane to go to Yemen just to get away from Janice. So those are some of my favorite ones. And then also the um the way he was with Monica with like the proposal and how mm-hmm. how much he loved her and how he went and went to Richard's apartment to try and get her back and said mm-hmm. he was he doesn't want her with Richard and um how he was like um so afraid of being or so afraid of a committed relationship but that ended up proposing to her but she really proposed to him like that whole thing is super sweet to me mm-hmm. and then when see that you shouldn't have got me started and then when they first <laughs> hooked up at the wedding in vegas and they like looked at each other when they were naked and he's and monica said something like i guess our friendship no no he says it he says i guess our friendship is different or something like that like i guess our friendships changed well not in vegas in england right oh in england yeah yeah yeah, yeah for for ross and uh emily's wedding yeah oh good job you, you did i remember some, some stuff yeah, yeah good job. <laughs> so um and then she says oh we weren't that good of friends anyways but that part just is funny when he says i guess our friendships changed or something like that i forget the exact line but mm-hmm. anyways that was funny but my my new favorite thought i had is um at the very very last episode the final season finale episode do you remember that they all were like standing around the apartment chatting and then um they said we should get some coffee one last time and so they were like leaving the apartment all together with coffee to go get coffee mm-hmm. and Chandler says um where like like as a joke like where are we going to get coffee because we all know they're really going to Central Perk mm-hmm. but that was the very last word spoken in the very last Friends episode ever and it was Matthew Perry saying that Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of fitting that like he was the last person to say the last word and he's the first person to pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So so one thing I wanted to bring up that actually was uh, I thought was pretty cool as I was doing research to learn more about Matthew Perry's life. Uh, so if you remember the episode that Allison and I recorded where we just talked about friends randomly, just because uh, I mentioned that my all time favorite episode is the one after the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I mentioned that because of, you know, really funny, high, you know, really out there with the humor because of the the built-in audience they were going to get from following the Super Bowl that year and that they had so many cool guest stars, including Julia Roberts and the whole sequence between the two of them, I thought was hilarious and funny, mm-hmm. especially the prank that she pulls on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but in real life, Julia Roberts and Matthew Perry were dating at the time. At the time? Yeah, in 1996. Are you sure? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I looked it up. I have various sources that confirmed. Okay. Yeah, for about two years and like 96 to 97. They did it for so two years? Roughly, maybe a year and a half. Wow. But, so it's not super long as far as like Hollywood in is Hollywood concerned. Hollywood it's long. I guess that's kind of long. <laughs> but but it, it brought an extra layer or extra level of funniness to me that a couple... Uh, she would she probably came on the show because he convinced her to do it and they would have that funny uh, interaction with each other as, as a couple uh where you know she's she's playing pranks on him to get back at him for what he had done to her as a child so go back and rewatch this episode i mean i guess for me i should go back and rewatch all the episodes but we all should we yeah. should all watch them all but uh w- watch that uh one after the super bowl one more time uh knowing that uh, at the time of filming uh matthew perry and uh, and julia roberts were actually dating in real life so that's a, kind of funny to me that's cute 
I like that. Very cool. Thanks Very for sharing. Cool. Oh, you're welcome. So I'm hoping that we won't have to do any more of these tributes anytime soon. Because mm-hmm. again, 54 is so young to, to pass I away. Know, so sad. Yeah. Yeah. So, but again, I, I, I came to really love the show. I mean, I, I watched it just here and there before Allison, but since being married to Allison, yeah, it's been really, really fun to watch the show and understand what so many people talk about, because as Allison mentioned at the top of the segment, I mean, the show meant so much to so many people. Uh, and, you know, it's like losing someone that's really important and special to you. Uh, which may be kind of silly because it's a celebrity, but at the same time, it doesn't make it any less sad when someone tragically passed away, especially at a young age. Mm-hmm. So uh, our deepest condolences to family members, friends, fans, people who loved him. And it's great that we have all these shows recorded so that we can go back and rewatch them whenever we want. But I guess we have to give some time first before we're ready to watch them again. Right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about Matthew Perry? Oh, the only other thing is now I want his book because I read this quote from his book that someone posted today and it said that he hopes that when he's gone, he knows that, well, he said, how did he word it? Something like he knows when he's gone that it'll be all about friends, friends, friends. But if he had his way, it would be about how he helped people in his life and that that's the legacy he wants to be remembered for is that he helped other people. Very cool. Very cool. Sweet, huh? Yeah, very nice. Okay. So we'll end it there. But uh, but thank you, Allison, for coming on to the show just to talk about uh, <laughs> Matthew Perry and pay honor and tribute to him. And stay tuned for more of the Cassie for Fun podcast. I'll be back in just a little bit after a short break. Bye. special Halloween message she wants to leave. I know Halloween was yesterday, but she never gets enough of Halloween. Isn't that right, Avery? Yes. Okay, so what, what's the special message you'd like to share? Um, let me think. What's the witch's favorite subject in school? I don't know. What's the witch's favorite subject in school? Spelling. Spelling. Oh, that's right, because you got spells. Thank you very much. Happy Halloween. <laughs> so that was Avery. Uh, Very cool. Very cool. So for this last segment of the show, I wanted to discuss two recent music albums that were released this past weekend that I wanted to share with the audience. Uh, Albums that my older audience, uh, older listeners, you know, people close to my age or older would probably be interested in. It was from uh, new albums from Duran Duran and Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, better known as OMD. 
uh, Danza Macabre, Macabre, rather, and uh, Baja Staircase. So what made uh, this really cool is the fact that both bands released these albums on the exact same day on October 27th, uh, 2023. In fact, if you just said, hey, in the year 2023, are Duran Duran and OMD going to release new music? What, really? And they're also going to do it on the same day. So I, when that happened, I, I knew for sure that I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. So, uh, you know, it was commonplace for 80s new wave bands such as OMD, Duran Duran, The Cure, Depeche Mode to release albums with high frequency. Like, in fact, in 1986, Duran Duran released the Notorious album, uh, OMD released The Pacific Age, and Depeche Mode released Black Celebration all in the same year. So bands back then, I think they wanted to strike where the iron was hot, and they were releasing albums with a lot of frequency, like maybe every year or every other year. It was in the 90s when, you know, you got album spaced out where you have bands like of this nature releasing new albums every four or five six sometimes longer years um so so i guess you know it, it didn't really seem to be as pressing of a matter for them to release new material or you know to take their time with albums so anyway so anytime bands that i love release new albums i'm always interested in hearing more and listening to them so I want to talk about both albums uh, to conclude this segment of the podcast, starting first with Dance Macabre by Duran Duran. So this was a really interesting album. Uh, Duran Duran uh, had performed in Las Vegas last Halloween, uh, Halloween night on, in 2022. And they got the idea of doing an all Halloween themed album because of the vibe and energy from the crowd that night. And I can attest that Halloween night concerts are really cool and really special uh, experiences. I got to see Incubus perform on Halloween night way back in 2021 with, uh, was it 2000? No, no, I apologize. No, no, it it would have been uh, uh, 2002, 2002 with uh, my older brother, Fernando, and my buddy, Marcelo, at the old Irvine Meadows before it was demolished. But anyways, yeah, so uh, Duran Duran opted to do uh, a Halloween-themed album, uh, writing a few brand-new songs, uh, doing covers of uh, songs that they liked that kind of had the Halloween vibe and aesthetic that they were going for. And then also digging deep into their library of songs and selecting songs that kind of fit the, the narrative that they wanted to use for this particular Halloween themed album of Dancing Macabre. Dancing Macabre is an interesting title as well. I believe it's a French title talking about like the dance of the dead, uh, closely associated with the Latin phrase Momentum Mori. So what's kind of cool that Depeche Mode would have released an album called Depeche um, Momentum Mori earlier in the year. And now Duran Duran would release the Dancing Macabre as well. So that's pretty cool. Uh, to begin this segment, you just heard the title track. So I wanted to, you know, use some of the uh, audio clips of some of the songs from these albums so you can kind of get a taste and gauge as to what these albums entail. And if it interests you at all, you might want to check out these albums for yourself. If uh, you already are into these bands, Duran Duran and OMD, you probably are checking them out. But in case if you're on the fence or just kind of we're looking for something new to listen to, these are some of the things that I would recommend. Uh, they also released... A cover of uh, a Billie Eilish song. So Billie Eilish, that, that was kind of interesting that they would release uh, or do a cover of one of her songs, Bury a Friend. Uh, to be honest, as a Duran Duran homer, I think Duran Duran's version is much, much better. <laughs> but I am interested to hear what uh, Billie Eilish fans think. Uh, I don't know if I have too many listeners who are Billie Eilish fans. I might. Uh, I would imagine they would probably be uh, Gen Z and uh, the younger side of millennials who really like Billie Eilish. But if I do have any listeners who like uh, 
her as an artist, please feel free to reach out to me and tell me what you think of Duran Duran's cover of her song, Bury Your Friend. So here we go. I'm going to take just a quick pause. This is uh, Duran, a, a little excerpt of Duran Duran's song, uh, uh, Bury, Bury Your Friend. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why well, so that was Duran Duran's cover of uh, Bury a Friend by Billie Eilish. And then other notable covers that they do on this album include uh, Painted Black by the Rolling Stones, uh, Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads. That one's really cool. Uh, Ghost Town by the Specials. And then they take one of their older songs from their classic album, Real, uh, Lonely in Your Nightmare, and mix it in with the song Super Freak by Rick James. And it sounds really cool. <laughs> so that's actually a, a song that I would recommend checking out. The whole album's really, really great. I think this is one of Duran Duran's best albums that they've done in, in many years. And then, of course, I've been a huge fan of the band for, for a long time. So I, I enjoy, uh, for the most part, you can make the argument that their 80s and early 90s stuff was like their best material. But I think they've come up with some really, really great uh, albums and songs in recent years. And this would definitely be top of the list, I think, for as far as newer Duran Duran goes. So to close out, I want to go ahead and play just an excerpt of my favorite song from their new album. This is uh, uh, Black Moon Night. Very cool. So now let's jump into some OMB. Uh, their their most recent album entitled Baja Staircase, also released on October 27th, the same day as Duran Duran. And here's a little bit of their title track, Baja Staircase. So, so there you go. Uh, the title comes from the famous uh, German painting that was painted back in 1932 of uh, the stairs that kind of lead everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Uh, so it's kind of a, a well-famous, well-known painting. Uh, this particular album by OMD is very uh, politically charged. So, I mean, that, that might be enticing for some people, maybe not so much for others. But I do think it's... Uh, 
uh, really, really cool sounding, really great songs. Now, obviously not their best material. I would argue that OMD's newer stuff hasn't been quite as good as Duran Duran's newer stuff. And it's kind of interesting that uh, Metacritic, which is a, a website that gathers uh, uh, cr- uh, critical scores from different uh, sources as far as album ratings go, basically uh, their version of Rotten Tomatoes for movies, uh, they actually ranked uh, Baja Staircases uh, being higher uh, a higher aggregate aggregate score than Duran Duran's uh, Dance of Macabre. Uh, Duran Duran's uh, Dance of Macabre got a 66 out of 100, whereas uh, OMD's uh, uh, Baja Staircase got an 85 out of 100. So it's interesting that critically, uh, there's the critics are saying that Baja Staircase is a better album, even though I would disagree. I actually think that Dance Macabre is a better album. But uh, for every all those who are interested in listening, I mean, take a listen to both records. Let me know what you think. Uh, I highly recommend uh, Dance Macabre, but OMD is really good too. So if you liked OMD back in the 80s, uh, I think you, you might be interested in hearing some of the newer stuff that they've released, particularly this new album. If you weren't necessarily a huge fan of OMD, you probably aren't going to be won over by this new record. But, you know, who knows? You might be pleasantly surprised. But I definitely recommend uh, Dance Macabre by Duran Duran. Uh, okay, there we go. So that's kind of what I've been listening to now. It was fun for me to use these songs. Uh, and again, I hope I don't get into too much trouble using licensed music that I don't have authorization to use, but I think it adds a certain flavor, a certain, uh, uh, professionalism polish to the episode, which I think is really cool. Uh, so stay, thank you again for the listeners. Thank you to my wonderful wife, Allison, for joining me to do the tribute to Matthew Perry next week. We'll be back with another episode for the casting for fun podcast, and I'm looking forward immensely to episode 100 coming up very very soon in the next uh month or so so thank you everybody and have a great uh i hope everybody had a great halloween and have a great rest of your week and thank you for listening to the captain for fun podcast